Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to the 42nd episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Please help grow the podcast by sharing it on social media, telling your friends about it, and by leaving a rating or comment. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. That way you won't miss out on any news about the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'd really like to welcome on a very special guest, Alex Knudsen. Alex is the Director of Stadium Operations for the Wichita Wind Surge, AAA affiliate of the Miami Marlins. Can't wait to chat with Alex right after this break. Alex, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to hop on this evening. What's life like in Kansas in the city of Wichita? Uh, Wichita's cool. Everyone kind of, when I told people I was moving from New Orleans to Wichita, I got a lot of like side eyes and eye rolls like, wait a second, you're going to leave New Orleans to go to the middle of Kansas? And I was like, yeah, I guess, why not? (laughs) Uh, Wichita is actually really cool. The city is super, super excited about having affiliated baseball there again. Sure. Um, So they kind of just welcomed us all in. I mean, Wichita is the largest city in Kansas. There's a pretty good-sized downtown area, um, tons of bars, restaurants, great food. The people there, they're the nicest people I've ever met before. So coming from New Orleans and then going straight into Wichita, it was it was nice to kind of see how excited they were about the team. And even me, when I was just first there, they were, they were like, Oh my gosh, you're with the team. Like, come on in, come, come, come meet with us and stuff right. like that. And, and it was really just, you felt welcome. Like you immediately felt welcome. They didn't care if you're the president of the organization or just someone at stadium ops. Like they were just super pumped. So it was, it was really nice to get there and then to be just accepted by the city and stuff like that. And having, the literal backing of everyone there that it was it was really just a cool feeling to kind of be a part of that and have everyone be so welcoming and so nice and Wichita's a lot of fun like there's there's a lot of cool things to kind of do in there that you kind of once you get in and get your feet wet you kind of learn about the different this different area yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely an exciting time for Wichita. And you said uh, that you got some side eyes, you know, saying that you were moving from New Orleans to Wichita. I feel like there are a lot of people giving side eyes to the team in general for move, moving from New Orleans to Wichita. It's kind of a strange move, but I do understand the fact that there are a lot more things to do in New Orleans. So maybe that had something to yeah. do with it. I absolutely agree with that. Um, and there, there are so many things to do in New Orleans, from the Saints, the Pelicans, LSU. You've got a festival every weekend. Um, there was a lot, and it was a lot of different things going on and different activities for people to go out and kind of spend their time. And they kind of just 
they didn't forget about the Zephyrs, but they were, were the baby cakes. They were just choosing to use their their money elsewhere and at the other festivals. Okay. And then going to Wichita, they have Wichita State, which is a great program, and they have a great basketball team, a great mm-hmm. baseball team. But we were the only professional sports team um, other than the, the Wichita Thunder, the ECHL hockey team. Okay, yeah. Um, we were the biggest the biggest thing in town. So you go from New Orleans where you do have a lot of NFL and NBA and big colleges in the area and even some of the high schools down there and all the other festivals, they all have all these fans that when you move from New Orleans and you're the fourth or fifth tier in the hierarchy, you move to Wichita and mm-hmm. you're immediately the, the, the biggest and the best show in town. That's a huge help to us and that was really, really... Um, polarizing for our ownership group when they decided to kind of make that move. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally sure. I mean, hey, more power to you. And uh, yeah, I think, I think the team in Wichita is going to do, you know, do fantastic. Obviously, uh, so w- you alluded to it, but like, what made you want to move with the team from New Orleans to Wichita? I mean. Sounds sounds to me like I don't know you personally, but it sounds like you're single, so you didn't really have anything to lose there, um, and yeah. and just professionally. I I saw it as an opportunity. Yeah, um, I had been with New Orleans from for the last four four seasons. Um, this would have been my fifth season minor league baseball, um, and I had saw my role go from an intern to a little bit higher up, and then I was essentially. Number two, the last season, and I was offered an opportunity by our CFOs. Like, if you would like to come up there, like the opportunity is yours. If you would like to go, and then the opportunity to work with him a little bit more, and then I loved our owner, Lou Schweckheimer, and it was one of those. It's like, you know what? What do I have to lose by going up there? Um, And then after that first visit up there for the groundbreaking ceremony, I went up there, and it was it was great. Um, that was when I got my first taste of Wichita and how nice everyone is and how excited they were for the team. Um, everyone else I knew was at work, so it was like I would just take an Uber and go downtown. And I went to restaurants and I had a baby cakes jacket on. And they saw the logo. They wanted to talk to me. They wanted to talk about the team and everything going on. And, sure. And it, it was just so welcoming and so so exciting to be like, you know what, this is the right move for me to do. Right to go up there and just experience this to be a part of to be a part of this organization yeah yeah i totally understand that i mean when people <laughs> when i told people i was moving to wisconsin uh they kind of they kind of looked at me strange too but i didn't have anything to lose you know um yeah. i just wanted to get out of my hometown and and you know do something for myself yeah and it, it's been great i mean Again, people, I still have friends like you, and I still just can't believe you're in Wichita. I'm like, Wichita is great. Yeah. Like, the city come visit. is a yeah. lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, come visit me. Like, <laughs> maybe do it in the summertime, because uh, all, all my southern friends are like, it's too cold. I'm like, I agree, it is too cold. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, the summer, the summer, it's great. Like, it's it has truly been just a really, really good experience for me to go, get out of here, and be there literally from the day one when we broke ground and through dirt in the air until now when we have a completed ballpark. It's just been it's been a real whirlwind of about eighteen months or so. Yeah. Um, since all of this kind of started coming to. Yeah, I'm sure th- everybody in the city of Wichita is is excited to actually watch 
the games. I mean, clearly yeah. they clearly. I mean, the whole country got robbed of minor league baseball this year. Um, but man, it's it's an exciting build up for sure in Wichita. It's, it's definitely if we definitely have have had some time to to build up the the anticipation and stuff like that. And we don't know what we we're gonna be able to do, but we do know that whenever we do open up like it's going to be a premier facility you're going to have an absolute blast at the ballpark yeah um, we just we want to be able to do that and we just whenever we can we will yeah so uh you you said that you moved up in the ranks um starting as an intern and now you're director yeah. of stadium operations what was lo- what was that like um transitioning from an intern to a you were assistant box office manager um you worked in finance for the team and now you're director yeah. of stadium operations i mean everybody in minor league biggie swall does it all um and yeah. and i thought i had a strange transition i went from director of food and beverage to director of media relations and marketing so like yeah. That was a little bit different of a transition, but you really went all over the map, man. Yeah, I so our internship program, I started with the organization in 2016 after I graduated LSU, and I wanted to get into sports. I wanted Saints, I wanted Pelicans, so I met Cookie Rojas, who was our GM down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I met him at a, Pel- at a Saints networking event at a Pelicans game. Okay. And, like, offhandedly, yep. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go meet this guy, say hello. Um, I was hired as an intern, and then they, I don't think they would ever admit it, but they made me assistant manager in the box office, essentially just to keep me there. Okay. Uh, I had kind of wiggled my way into the front office, and I had kind of attached myself into, like, the game day ops role, so that even me on an hour's count, I was I was still crucial to, maybe not crucial, I mean, crucial in my own head, but... I was at least semi-important to, like, scheduling game day staff and getting them scheduled for, like, their actual database stuff. Um, So as I was, like, assistant box office manager, um, about a month after that, they transitioned me to assistant to the assistant general manager who handled finances, stadium ops, or the game day ops side, um, and some of that role. Um, So I did that for about a year, and then there was a little bit of turnover and our AGM, she left the organization, um, and I, I kind of just slid in there and I called my CFO and I was like, "We've got invoices that need to get paid, paydays this Friday," and he simply asked, "He's like, okay, do you know what to do for payroll um, to get them paid?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course I know what I'm gonna do for payroll." <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. Am. And I was like, "And I'll put the invoices in the spreadsheet and send them off to you, and we can just kind of go that way, and I'll just keep a log." And he goes, "All right, that's cool." Um, and then, so with that, my GM kind of came in about a month later. He was like, hey, are you just kind of going to stay in this office? And I go, yeah, I'm going to stay here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, two, so two years later, like down the road, like at that point, I'd had a year of finance under my belt. But I'd always been doing a little bit of the event ops, more on the just like being there for moral support for a community relations person. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to work with. And it was I kind of just got to work with her on some of the outside events that we had. So once like Wichita broke and we started having people kind of peel off the staff who weren't, who didn't want to go, um, I ended up kind of taking over the event ops and then game ops and stuff like that. But I enjoyed doing it. It was, it was kind of a wild ride to go from the 30 hours a week intern to, 
staying there all day, every day, trying to make sure that I've got game day staff for everything. And then I got parking people that I got to come in because we have a 5K on a Saturday. Yep. I've got baseball clinics coming in. Um, it was cool. It was never, definitely never boring. Uh, we hosted high school football when I was a dad. Right. My first fall there, we got to host high school football. And I, so I got to see a lot of everything. And I kind of just, as I kept going and kept developing my career, I just, I kind of just kept adding things to my, to my resume. And, yeah. and then once we made the transition to Wichita, it was one of those like, hey, this is kind of what you're going to be doing. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like let's wow. let's do it. I got there's one other person who um, who were literally one A and one B, if not one one, mm-hmm. running the kind of operation side of the stadium, and he's he's a huge help. We we get along really well um, for that side. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like you got a lot of experience under your belt and kind of a short amount of time. Um, and that's exciting. Yeah, four, four years, four years. Um, it was, cr- it was cool. Like it was right off the bat that first year we were still the Zephyrs. Yep. Um, so we had like everything kind of transitioning. We were hosting, um, a pretty good size. I think it was a state playoff game for high school football Okay. at our stadium. The, Friday before we unveiled on like a Tuesday, so like we had eight or nine thousand people in park. We have our stadium locked down. We have our gift store blacked out. Like I'm giving coaches parking passes through side doors because yeah. it, it was that experience to like go through one baseball season, high school football, roll into an unbranding, have a few years of that, and then it's like okay, now we're gonna move the team to Wichita. We have to go through another rebrand and stuff like that. And it was just like wow, this has been five years it's just nothing yeah just all gas no breaks yeah wow that is crazy um i've actually met cookie rojas um yeah he's he's awesome and his story is amazing so i heard him um give a speech at the baseball winter meetings in nashville in 2012 and i was a job seeker i was trying to go from an intern to full-time employment you know somewhere else in the country and um his story is amazing um he is a he's a vet um and he he like kind of worked his way up from he was he was older when he got into the industry which is kind of a rarity um and he just worked his way up from there and he's been the big honcho at a couple big triple a teams and it's and it's astonishing yeah, he, he was great to work with. He was really someone that it was – we kind of got close that last year in New Orleans. Um, we'd we'd kind of commiserate with each other after rough games and stuff like that because you, when you announce that the team's leaving, like, you know you're going to take a small hit mm-hmm. as far as, like, attendance goes and stuff like that. Um, but it was good. Like, I feel like we, we grew a lot. Um, he let me make a lot of decisions um, that maybe I wasn't necessarily prepared for. Um, but it was really good experience in me making those decisions and yeah. having daily meetings with GMs and, and stuff like that. It was great for me personally um, to have that experience. He was yeah, absolutely a great person to work with yeah. for four years, five years. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. So this is the Pulling Tarp Podcast, uh, and I would imagine you got to have some crazy tarp stories from New Orleans, right? 
we we do. We had tar- oh god, I think we had the tarps pop up every which and I know I'm gonna forget some good stories, but I was actually with an old coworker today and we were just kinda of talking like God, I need to get these creative juices flowing so I can remember a few of these stories. Um, my intern year, we had one. We got the tarp across the field. This was it was probably twenty minutes before first pitch, so like I'm still in tarp clothes. Half the staff's in their game day clothes, yep. and the sky just opened up. Um, and it got to the point where me and one of my other coworkers, we both peeled off the tarp, which we got into first base. He slid to his spot on, like, all fours, and I essentially slid from, like, halfway between first and second to shortstop across the tarp and, like, sat perfectly on my handle. <laughs> and afterwards, like, I got high fives from him and a few of the other staff, the game day staff's like, wow, Alex – you look at it, like, like you showed it, like that. Was great. <laughs> uh, and then I got back, and I got an earful <laughs> for for me sliding. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, it was one of those like, I, I'm sorry. It, I, it, it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, the other good one we had in high school football. Our first game that we hosted, we had eleven thousand some odd people. Wow. Uh, ESPN's game of the week, like John Curtis was the number one team in the country first brother Martin, he was like number three in the country. Okay. For high school football. Like we had ESPN trailers there, like everyone had to have special credentials. Yep. And then about two hours before we had one of the little skin tarps on the field, because um, we're like, Oh, we're not gonna actually tarp the field for high school football. It's football that point great sure well we made the decision to put the skin tarp down and it did not work as well as we thought at like okay. one point in time i remember being spread eagle just like face down on the tarp to just make sure that the wind did just kick it up oh uh, yeah so all, all within like an hour or two of like the biggest high school football game in the state we've got the worst grade on the planet um not a tarp story and i wasn't even really it wasn't me who did it we this was i forgot it was the final game of the season or somewhere around the final game of the season it was raining so bad and me like being in charge of ushers ticket takers i can never come out there and be like oh yeah guys we're not playing this game like no mm-hmm. shot yeah. we're playing this game it was so bad i looked i looked at the ushers i looked at center field and i'm like guys there's no way we're playing this game. Like, zero shot. And, like, what do we do if we open, <laughs> if we open gates? I'm like, just put them in the bathroom. I don't want them to get hurt. Like, let's yeah. just keep the fans as safe as possible. So we open gates. We close. We shut the game down. Um, and then I come back, and everyone's talking about this video. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? It was Aaron Austin Nola. Austin Nola and one of our ticket reps, neck deep in water, swimming in our dugout. <laughs> and it was just one of those where just like oh no like sports center retweeted it yeah like, it just went viral and it was it was one of those like we had people kind of floating in floaties in the dugout just like yeah we didn't play baseball that day <laughs> no no you would not wow yeah. and there, there were there were a few i'm sure that there are other talk stories that are probably not appropriate that i could tell but <laughs> yeah those, those are a few i mean you're always gonna have tarps that just get we had a few, one last year that kind of got away from us as far as wind went i got drugged back from in between first like to right at the foul line and then we had the wind kicked up and we were short staffed and i kind of just like laid on the tarp again but those those stories there are so many different 
tarp stories that oh gosh we kid and we've had people slip i slipped my intern here and quickly bounced up so i was like did you just fall I'm like absolutely not like who are you talking about yeah you gotta you gotta just brush that off just pretend like it didn't happen i yeah. literally bounced up like a basketball i don't know how i did it like i slipped on like right after the pitcher's mount and i hit and i just came right back up I'm like are you okay I'm like i'm fine yeah absolutely yeah. need to pull the start well it probably hurt the next day when you woke up it did. I definitely was like, I had a weird headache. I'm like, oh, yeah, I fell yesterday. <laughs> so what's it like being the director of stadium operations for a team that hasn't hosted a single game in their new stadium or city? Oh, it's, that's a tough one. Me and my buddy, who's, our, who's the other person helping me with the ops side, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot. We do a lot of preparing, so it's a lot of – we're going to make sure that the stadium is as ready as it can go for whenever we can actually open the doors. Sure. Um, if we get the go ahead saying like, Hey, it's going to be done in May. It's like, all right, that's fine. We've had suites set the way we want and we've got clubhouses set and arranged the way you want. So it's finding stuff to do. Uh, we ended up taking care of the landscaping outside of the stadium okay. and like mowing berms. So it was one of those that just because we can't open now, it's like let's make sure that we are ready to open when we can. Yeah, um, it's a it's a beautiful ballpark, and we take a lot of pride in it. And we both kind of stepped up and like we need to make sure that whatever we do, whenever we can, this place is ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Um, the the only positive thing about this whole experience has been time. With every new build, um, you're going to run into kind of unexpected problems and stuff like that. Well, now we've had that opportunity to kind of go through the stadium and take take a micro uh, like and comb through all the issues and and get through that so that when we can open up, it's going to be ready and it's yeah. going to be everything that we wanted that city to have. Um, we just need a little bit. To, we just have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. It sounds it sounds like everything will be picture perfect when you guys are. It's told we're opening up the stadium, so that's that's, that's the goal. Yep, um, it's been everyone's like, "Oh, what'd you do this year?" It's like, "Well, we mowed, we pulled weeds, we did everything we could to to get that stadium to where it is, so that yeah, even if it's just someone who's walking by the stadium and they come and look at it, like they look at it like, wow, they're they're doing a really good job keeping it ready to go and and stuff like that. So it's it's taking a lot of pride into this beautiful ballpark that one day we'll be able to get to open. Sure. Sure. So what's the coolest aspect of Riverfront Stadium? You're one of the only people that have seen it in its entirety. There's, oh man, there's so many cool things. Um, some of the like smaller details, our seats are really wide. Okay. Uh, so if you go to like a typical stadium, you're essentially sitting on your buddy's lap who's next to you. Yeah. Um, we wanted to make sure that you have the opportunity. I'm six one. And if I'm sitting in those seats, I have plenty of shoulder and no one has to, I don't have to stand up if someone walks in front of me. Okay. So we sacrificed, we sacrificed a, probably a section of seats to make sure that these fans have the best experience possible. Okay. Um, we have really, really cool art. Um, we had some people from the city come in and they painted like these beautiful murals outside oh, of the stadium. Wow. Um, and then we've got some more pieces of art that are going up. And then of course, it's hard to beat like the backdrop if you're sitting there staring out home plate you get the whole downtown area um 
and it, it's just really cool to kind of look out from that and see that beautiful it's like charlotte when yeah. you go to see charlotte's park okay um so you have that beautiful backdrop of downtown um massive scoreboard like it's it's tough to say like one big thing is like this is the coolest or whatever it's mm-hmm. just yeah there's just so many cool things and so many awesome elements and features about that ballpark it's it's tough to say just one yeah yeah i'm sure well i'm sure the people of wichita can't wait to see it in a world yeah go ahead go ahead no we're, we're ready we're whenever we get to we're excited i'll i take my dog there and i like to walk around the concourse and stuff like that and i'll let people walk in and just kind of take a look and like the look on their face is just they're so excited and they're so pumped to see the ballpark it's like i want yeah. to give this to you like i want to help you <laughs> yeah um though we all are kind of just waiting to figure out kind of the new world order yeah yeah oh what kind of dog do you have she is a black lab okay i've got there are three or four of them running around our house right now nice nice (laughs) um i don't know if you checked out my social media at all but i have a beagle jack russell mix and he's talked about that with um AGM from Durham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yep. Asheville. Asheville. Yeah, yeah, Asheville, yeah. Um, and he is spoiled beyond belief. He goes to doggy daycare uh, a couple of days a week. Um, but, yeah, he's he's got a lot of energy, that's for sure. Yes, I, I agree. I live in a small one-bedroom apartment downtown, so I take her to the stadium kind of whenever. It's, yeah. it's a perfect place for me to just go, let her off the leash, kind of run around. Sure. But yeah, she's definitely spoiled. She's gotten very used to the couch and you know yep. the whatever she wants. Yeah, she's she's a mess. Yeah, yeah. In a world where it seems as though nothing will ever be the same ever again, how do you think minor league baseball and baseball in Wichita will be different next year compared to how it was before? I think we have to figure that one out. It's yeah. not just an easy an easy answer like oh it's going to be this 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 and this like we have to wait and kind of see yeah um, we would absolutely love to be able to open the ballpark to all 10,000 people um, if we can great if not then we're going to put as many people in there as, as it's deemed safe by the governor and the city of Wichita sure. and all those things so it's not one of those things that we can I can easily say oh yeah it's going to be this it's going to be this different and this different and we're going to be able to do the exact same thing because we just don't know we don't mm-hmm. we don't know what some of the new rules are going to be as far as what we can and can't do so when we do figure those things out we'll, we'll make sure that we can make that that fan experience is you're not going to lose anything yeah from the fan experience we're going to make sure that you can still have just an absolutely great time at the ballpark mm-hmm. okay perfect so we're going to take this opportunity to cut to a break and we'll be right back with this thanksgiving episode of the pulling tart podcast with alex knudsen right after these messages Welcome back, Alex. Um, I talked to you before we started recording, and I had completely forgotten that this episode is going to come out on Thanksgiving. So in, in honor of that, 
Let's do a top five of Thanksgiving food. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'm going to let you get the first way you think about it a little bit longer. Okay, cool. So, number one, turkey, but the white meat. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big dark meat guy. Okay. All right. All right. Um, ever since I was a little kid, mashed potatoes. Love mashed potatoes. Just normal mashed potatoes, not like a garlic mashed potato or something like that. Um, I can go either way with that. I can I can do okay. just like the butter, you know, mashed potatoes or the garlic. I can go either way on that. Okay. But they can't be okay. too runny, and they can't be. Uh, you know, they, it's got to be the right consistency. I agree with that. Yeah. You can't, it's got to be just that nice fluffy potato. It can't be anything that's too watery. Yeah. Okay. So number three for me is stuffing. And again, it's got to be right. It can't be too dry and it can't be too wet. It's got to be just the right amount there. Uh, for, for me, number four, sweet potato rolls. I have not had that. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, like, uh, what restaurant does the sweet potato rolls? Um, like, it's, it's a chain restaurant. I can't remember. It's one of the steak places. It's like... The Texas Roadhouse or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Longhorn Steakhouse? Something like that. They do the sweet okay. potato rolls. Um, and they are bomb. My, my fiance's family does those. They're, oh, so good. Um, and then, last for me... I, I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin pie, um, so I went with apple pie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. every every place that I've been, I've had Thanksgiving at has had both, so. Yep. All right. Yeah, we typically will have apple, either pumpkin or pecan, so we'll have it Ooh. too as well. Yeah. Yeah, so my, oh man, so my, my top five, I gotta go turkey. Yep. Um, I actually like the dark meat okay. probably a little bit more. Um, I'm gonna go stuffing number two. Ooh. I like the stuffers, just the real basic stovetop stuffing. Sure, you can make it homemade, but I think that's the best. Okay, green bean casserole. For whatever reason, my mom has made it for years and years and years, and I love love her green bean casserole. She yeah. also does a potato bread. Ooh, and it it is this massive loaf of bread that she. She actually had to start cooking three loaves because we would we wanted to eat it hot, and she would cook it a few days before. So <laughs> no, you can't eat this till Thanksgiving. So she would end up having to make an additional loaf or two, so okay. that you could have it fresh out of the oven, and then like a few mornings before leading Ooh. up to Thanksgiving, and then number five has got to be apple pie, like yeah. hot apple pie. You just you just can't beat that. Yeah. Um, I've started to get a little bit into the sweet potato pie and the yams, but it's still not ready to replace or jump into my top five. Sure. Um, mashed potatoes are, are always good, but everything's kind of got to be smothered in gravy. Yeah. Like, that's just a big – and the gravy makes everything. Like, if you got good gravy, like, you can put that on just everything and have oh, yourself yeah. a day. You're, you're not wrong about that. Um Alex's mom for the win for sure. She make, making that potato bread just she, days before. I think she just got annoyed with me and my two brothers just every year. Just can we cut this? Can we cut this? She's like, no. We're this is Thanksgiving time. She's like, we're fine. We're just 
we're good. It's warm now. I have another loaf. Let's just do that. So thank you, Mom, for finally caving after 18 years or whatever it was. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. So what's the worst excuse a game day staff member has ever used to call out of work? Um, see, this was another one. I wish I could just go back to my old email and just pull through. <laughs> The biggest one I would always get, and probably the worst one given where we lived, was I, it, it's, I think it's going to rain today. I'm like, it's South Louisiana. Like, it's going to rain. Of course, a lot, it's, yeah. of course it's going to rain today. Like, why would you think that today is any different than every other day in July? Um, I think that was the one that was always just like, even if there was like a 10% chance of rain and they were calling out, like, oh, it looks like it might rain during game time. I'm like, of course it's going to rain. I'm probably. We're going to put the tarp on right before pitchers start warming up. Like, it's going to happen. But yeah. I, I think that one, I know that's not a great one, but, yeah, for them calling in sick every day just because of rain, it's like, guys, it's going to rain every yeah. single day. Like, right. that's not an excuse to me. Um, <laughs> but the last the last season, it was one of those. Was, I was doing my best to kind of keep staffing numbers down. As the students, it was like, well, all right, fine. If you can't make it, you can't make it. I'm, I'll, I'll plug an intern in or I'll mm-hmm. get on my hands and knees and ask a full-time member to go help me scan tickets for a few minutes. So right. That was that was the one where I was always just like, gosh, guys, rain, really? Yeah. Call anything else. <laughs> and what's the craziest situation that's occurred during a game that you've had to assist with? So there, I thought about this one a, a little bit. Um, there was a game, I couldn't even tell you who we were playing, and my GM, Cookie, called me middle of the game. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm counting parking money or getting a schedule ready for next time. I'm, like, I'm down in my office, what's going on? He's like, um, I just talked to an usher, and apparently the visiting manager is upset about something. And I was okay. like, what in the world? Like, why, why am I getting a phone call about the visiting manager? Like During a I game, run, yeah. During a game. So I go down there, and I run through our tunnel, and I pop out of the bench. And I'm like, all right, who's, what's the issue? And of course, at first, he was like, you can't be down here. I'm like, you just asked for me. Like, what's, yeah. like of course, I have to be down here. I'm like, all right, what's going on? And we had a couple of fans. I'm, it must have been, like, a bachelor party or something like that. And they were heckling. They were heckling, like, the opposing team's pitcher. <laughs> and I sat there for a little bit, and it did get probably at the line of inappropriate yeah um and and at that point i was like all right fine i'll let me go let me go figure it out because i'm looking out i'm counting the number of people in the things like one verse eight this is super odd it's like this is going to be great mm-hmm. um so i go up and i talk to our police captain like hey man I, i've got to go deal with these guys He's like, all right do you want to throw them out i'm like i would really like to ask them just as, as a warning like hey guys tone it down like they've, they've gotten us your the visiting team wants us to stop or just tone it down a little bit this and that so we go down and i say my piece and i i was under the impression we were just going to give him a warning mm-hmm. and then this the main guy just like clapped back at the police officer and the officer's just like cool you're out <laughs> and i was like and i i think i like my jaw hit the ground i was like oh wow we just we went from zero to 60 like real quick and he's like Wait, what? And there's like, you, you, all eight of you, go. Wow. Just without even thinking about it, he was like, you had your opportunity to say you're sorry and not do it again, and you blew it, and now you're gone. Like, oh. 
Okay. Yeah. 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 You go. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, so we had stuff like those, and then we had like weird things, like little kids would somehow throw like baseballs, or they'd have their gloves behind um, the wall. So we had like a little. It was probably no more than about twenty-four inches wide behind our wall to like the actual to the actual like facility wall yeah and we would get calls like mid-game like oh little johnny dropped his baseball or he dropped his baseball glove so the game i got parking issues i got radios buzzing there's alex climbing behind the wall to go find this this baseball glove um there was another one just end of the game i got a call from the usher it was mr alex i need you to come come deal with this real quick and i was just like what's going on it's like this is a high level emergency i was like well don't call me like if it's that bad call call cops yeah um so i so i get out there and i'm like what's going on he's like there's a hat in the tree (laughs) i mean there's a hat in the tree it's like there's a hat in the tree i was like you you called me to come climb up this tree to come get this hat out and he goes was I not supposed to do that? And I was like, I'm here now. I'm yeah. Here now. <laughs> yeah, I'm already here. <laughs> shimmy up this tree real quick and see. And then, of course, he pointed me up the wrong tree. Oh, gosh. And I was, so then I had to get back down, climb up, up the second tree, and pull the hat out. And I was just like, find a rock next time. Like, throw a rock at yeah. me. Like, come on. Like, I don't need <laughs> to come pull a hat out of it. Um, I'm sure there are just tons of other stories I'm not I'm not remembering because there I feel like there was at least something a homestand where you just come back and you just like put your head on your desk like what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, no oh, man, that is that is crazy. So, Alex, where can the listeners find you on social media? So my Twitter handle I believe it's Alex underscore Newson nine nine three. Um, I think my Instagram handle is Newtson993, and then LinkedIn just Alex Newtson. Okay, awesome. And that's Newtson, K-N-U-D-S-E-N. All yeah. right, yep. So you've listened to a couple episodes, and you know I end with the same question. What has been your favorite walk-up or warm-up song in your minor league baseball career, and whose was it? So it actually never happened. Uh, that's okay. I don't know if he knew that this was going to happen. So we had a big rain delay the day the Lion King came out. Okay. Um, and Lewis Brinson, the outfielder for the Marlins, he was telling his coach, he's like, "Hey, if we if we don't play this game, like me and you, we're going to the movie theater. I'll rent the whole thing. We're watching Lion King. <laughs> the new one. And I was like, the new one. The new one. Yeah. yeah. I did the live action, and I was okay. like. So we talked for a little bit about Lion King. So I ran up to our media guy. I'm like, hey, man, I need you to do me a solid. He goes, what? I'm like, I need you to change someone's walkout to music. And he goes, dude, I cannot do that. I'm like, oh, I understand. I was like, I need you to play the Lion King theme song for Brinson at his first at bat. And he looked at me and goes, you want me to do what? <laughs> and so I told him the story. And he goes, and he goes, all right, I'll do it. And I'm like, and? Worst case scenario, if you get to catch flag, I'll take the brunt of it. Yeah. And he goes, All right. shake on him, like, done. Done <laughs> deal. Like, let's do it. Now, we didn't play the game, uh, but I would have absolutely loved to see Lewis Brinson walk out there, uh, get ready, take his practice hacks, and to have Lion King blaring in the background. Nice. Uh, he might have not have been terribly thrilled with me, but 
Still would have been funny. Uh, he was pretty amped to see the movie, so it's like this would have been pretty funny to have to have changed his walk-up song for that one. Yeah. Um, other than that, I didn't pay attention to him a whole lot. I was focused on like getting the gates open, making sure like the first pitches and stuff like that. So I very rarely had a moment to like sit down and actually listen to like walk-up songs. But that was the one where I was like, oh yeah, that was kind of funny. Right, right. That would have been awesome in Delmarva. Um, we we got had a new video board my first year and so we were doing we we're trying out some different things and uh we did a lion king like camera like a simba cam and oh, so yeah, like yeah we were, we would play the lion king <laughs> and we would do it on like bark in the park nights a lot and like you know firework nights and stuff like that and people would just you know, raise their kids up yeah. in the air, their yeah, dogs exactly. in the air. It was pretty funny, but um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Alex, yeah, for no worries, coming on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. I really appreciate it, and of course, um, no best of luck in Wichita moving forward. If I ever get out that way, I'll hit you up and yeah, and try to come to a problem. game, and uh, we'll hit the town and all yeah. that. And uh, I hope we can do this again sometime, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. No problem. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yep. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.